BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey guys, welcome to Just a Sip. It is Justin Sylvester, and I cannot wait for you guys to meet my next guest. She is the realist in the game. I love her. I've been a fan of hers for a very long time. And she actually hosts the hottest Taco Tuesday in my neighborhood. And she is here because not only is the music hot, but these shrimp tacos are the bomb, too. Please welcome my girl, Tanache. I just want to let you guys know, we met one night. We were both- At the club? We were at the club. <laughs> yeah. We were extreme thotting. Yeah. Extreme thotting at Bootsy Bellows. It was so fun. And these two girls were literally like the white man who does a tight wire across the Grand right? Canyon. Yes. Like on heels this long. Yeah, yeah. Dancing and twerking. And we were like, we need to know y'all. Yeah. So y'all come party yes, with us. Yes, we linked up. We linked up, and we've been friends ever since. Yeah, it's true. We were dropping it low. That was a fun night. That was a fun. That was a fun night. Night. Yeah. And Good I time. was like, "There's no way she's out with the people." Oh, I'm out with the people. She was out with the people Cheers. and chilling. Cheers to that. Congratulations. <laughs> I gotta get into it. I gotta get straight. You into gotta it. get into yeah. it. Thank um, you. New record. Mm-hmm. Save room for us. Yeah. Out a million views. I love that. Yeah, in a week. In a week. What's it like that fans are responding to this new sound? Um, it honestly means everything because this is me. Um, you know, like before I think I was learning, kind of coming up in the game, finding my way. And I, it felt really great to be in the position with my previous record label to like release my first, what was it, 2.5 albums. Yeah. And um I learned a lot, got to work with all these different producers, collaborate with so many different amazing artists. But I felt kind of towards the end of that experience that I wasn't 100% being true to like who I needed to be. Yeah. And that was for like a zillion different reasons. It's really hard to pinpoint like one particular reason or, you know, it was over the course of a seven year relationship with that. Yeah. You know, situation so I found myself in the place where I just felt like I needed to step back like find pause in my life really reinvent and become the artist that I felt that I truly like was am and um not just continue on like a trajectory that I was headed towards I felt like I was kind of just like coasting through my career like going through the motions instead of doing what I like really really wanted but most artists come here and all they want is that record deal they want that label to see them they want to be a part of that and you had it Mm -hmm. and then you let it go was that a mind for you to like say, okay, I'm going to do this on my own. I'm going to yeah. take this step I by mean, myself. It's a big risk, right? Because you lose that kind of machine that 
kind of solidifies like a lot of different things, wait, budgets, like making sure that, you know, you get your stuff out there. At first it seems like, okay, how am I going to actually even function as an artist without yeah. this machine that has been internationally pushing me for so long? You know, there's so many different components that go into it. And I think for me, um, taking that risk uh, felt like, a better option than to continue on what I was doing before. Like I had to, for my soul, like take it there. I had to, like for me, it felt very, very much like like a spiritual, like an instinctual yes. calling to yes. like I have to. You know, this is this is the time. This is the perfect opportunity. Go, bitch. Like, you did, right? <laughs> like yeah. But you're, I'm like you in the sense that like if there's a spider in my house, yeah, I'm not just gonna kill the spider. I'm just gonna burn the whole motherfucking house down and start fresh. <laughs> yeah. And I heard that, I read somewhere that you fired, not fired, you parted ways with everybody. Everybody. Hair and makeup. You parted ways with the label. You parted ways with lawyers, with Labels, managers. Labels, managers, lawyers, business managers, stylists, like literally across the board just wanted to be like clean slate. I'm going to just from the ground up really redo this. And I connect, reconnected with a lot of people that I was, you know, really great friends with. Yeah. And I've, I guess, also kind of re- affirmed the value of like my friendships in this industry because I have built a lot of like really genuine relationships and I think that those have also really kind of kicked into gear and taken me to another place like yeah. where I'm using actual real creative energy and people around me instead of kind of just Doing I don't know it because sometimes you have to. it's hard it's hard to describe but like when you're kind of in sometimes a label situation at least in my experience it feels like there's this kind of disconnect between the artist and like everything that happens yeah. like even like collaborations like you don't really talk to the artists when you collaborate with them or like um say you like yeah you want to like create something you want to do something there's always this transactional situation that happens well let's go let's bring that to mm -hmm. for people who don't realize right like slumber party you yes, did with britney, britney spears. spears oh my god when you collaborate <laughs> with the britney yes. are you in the studio with britney are you talking about what her slumber party looks I like wish. no i was not in the studio <laughs> they just her. send you a track and say we want you to be on this yes 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 which is like very typical of you know situations so it just feels very much more natural now that i'm having to kind of reach out to people myself, make those connections myself. And it feels m way more valuable and it just feels like everything, there's just a better synergy in yeah. everything that I do. Because you're Rick Rubining some right now. Literally, in the sense mastermining that it You all. do this at your house. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You do this on your own. Yeah, in my own space, in my own environment, which feels really comfortable and really genuine and authentic, which I think people can tell the difference. You know, there's so much fake in the world yeah. that people are really craving and looking for authenticity, like whatever that means. Yeah. Um, even if that means like being independent, doing stuff on your own. Now, how do you find friends in the music industry? Because I feel like it's the motherfucking Wild West. Oh, yes. And every band for themselves. The it's like, I feel like, and you explained this to me when we went on, went on a hike, mm -hmm. that everybody's just out for themselves. How do you find those authentic artists that are actually your friends and who are there for you during this process? I think, again, that's kind of what I've really been able to realize a lot with this current time period because I've been able to see who is there for just for the art or is there just for me as a as a friend or as a support system i've really been able to find out who those people are and i think yeah real genuine friendships maybe in the music industry can be few and far between but i think that you can still find great collaborative friendships and like great stuff yeah from you like can make being some cool good 
people. Yeah. yeah, you know. Was there anybody that surprised you when you were like, "Hey, bro, I want you to be on this motherfucking album," and they were like, "Uh, who?" Uh, not specifically. Not that I can think of. Um, well, you have intuition too. Yeah, like, I you feel like feel you dodge people, that. Yeah, yeah you, know? you dodge that whole thing, or you try to kind of already collaborate with people who are seemingly giving you that kind of energy already. Yeah, it's almost like single life. It's like when you've been married yeah. for seven years to somebody <laughs> yeah. who's big, and then you get this single moment. You like live your best life, and you meet all these really cool people, and you find yourself, and then you're like doing this whole thing. Would you ever go back into a marriage with a label after doing it by yourself? And if you would, what would be different? I would say never say never. At this current point, no. The right situation came on, came about. Mm -hmm. I would definitely consider it. Um, but for me, what really held me back from kind of even exploring that with releasing this last album was I just felt like there was so much of this kind of same thought process. Um, so it was just kind of like going from one relationship to another that was just extremely similar. So it yeah. didn't feel like growth for me. I felt like I had to give myself the opportunity to try to do it without this like dated mentality of like just the approach to making music and the approach to releasing music. Um, is it's it's hard like artists talk about it all the time you know getting yeah. them, it's hard to get their album out or it's hard to get you know there's creative differences or whatever i think it's the where business meets art there's always going to be a riff yeah you know and now you're just doing art and now i'm just focused on art and it feels so much better are you single right now <laughs> yeah it's so single we always talk about how so, um Men are garbage. <laughs> yeah, we said different garbage <laughs> yes. cans in different locations. Different garbage cans in different locations. You tried to first say that it was an LA thing, and I beg to differ. So you think like it's just all over the place? I think it's an epidemic. It's, a, it's <laughs> the new. It's the old coronavirus. It is. They men are garbage. But how do you have a hard time finding a dude? You are a goddamn tenage. I mean, I don't. Well, first of all, I don't like actively look, so that's part of it. Yes. I don't like date. So yeah. maybe if I like dated, maybe I'd meet some nice people. Yeah. <laughs> I just genuinely don't like carve out the time. But I've been to your house for a Taco Tuesday. There's it's some fine. fine. There's some fine dudes there. Sure, but I don't like talk to them. That's because you're too busy. By the way, this girl. Cooking the tacos. <laughs> this girl has like 45 people over at her house for Taco Tuesday. <laughs> She's making the tacos. She has one. her brother at work. She invites her parents to bring shrimp oh, over yeah. to finish the tacos. We, well, we we ran out of shrimp, so I needed I needed more. So I called my mom. I was like, "Mom, bring us another batch." <laughs> she comes in like stealth mode, like here's the shrimps, like and then leaves. Them, leaves, and then leaves. Mom doesn't even stay for the taco Tuesday. How Thanks, did you Mom. find that family in Los Angeles? Because oh, it's hard man. to make friends here and find people who are genuinely here for you yeah. and not here for you, the celebrity. Well, I think for me, the number one thing that's helped me learn how to navigate is growing up here. I think you have a huge advantage because I think when you come here, you tend to go to like all these certain circles or these certain environments where everybody around there is kind of trying to meet people mm -hmm. or network mm -hmm. or connect or be a part of the circle. But when you literally grow up here, you're just in like the suburbs, you're in the Glendale Galleria, you know, you're just, you see that as like a part of the city that you can kind of use as a tool or you can dip into and then yeah. leave from. Yeah. So I feel like people that are from the city and people who 
move here kind of experience LA differently. Yeah. And just in their perspective of like the Hollywood life. Like I've a lot of people who move here are like people are so fake in LA. People are so fake. Oh my God. And I'm like, but you ha- really? have you met people that are like really, really like from here? There's a lot of soul. There's a lot of heart. There's a lot of real genuine yeah. culture. But y'all don't f- with people who are not from LA. Cause to get into the circle you, is exactly, hard. Exactly. Y'all the- y'all don't mess with us. <laughs> okay, so that's the other part that is why I kind of have this great circles. Cause everybody that is in my immediate friend group or whatever is people that have been there like from time. So to get into that circle takes a long time. Let me tell you what it feels like. <laughs> it takes years. You remember in Blade, whenever like the vampires are all at the club in Germany and they're all like dancing and raving, and all of a sudden the non-vampire walks in and yeah. everyone's like <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> That's what it feels like when a non-LA dude tries to walk into an LA game. Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. It's hard. I feel for I feel for the people who move here. I Unless do. the Queen Bee says, because that's what happens. The queen of the of the says you're allowed to eat the tacos. You're cool. You're at Taco Tuesday. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. I'm good. Yeah. Um tell people how you got your start because you got us your start at an early age. Mm-hmm. Um it's a it's quite a long story. So when people yeah ask, like, how'd you get into the industry? It's hard to say it's like oh it was one thing or another I was in my first movie when I was five years old I started dancing when I was four I have been actively entertaining or like in the business since you could walk as long as I can remember yeah um so that just has just evolved and continued to be like I was thinking about my career when I was eight years old you know so it's always been a part of my life it's like who I am and uh yeah, that's how I started. <laughs> how hard is it to be, I mean, kids are ruthless. Oh, yeah. How hard is it to be on TV and in school at the same it time? It was terrible. It was terrible. It was terrible. And you'd think it'd be easy, kind of easier growing up in L.A., thinking like kids maybe would be more used to it. Oh, people were jealous. No, they were not nice. They were not nice. So once you hit about like middle school age, like puberty, and I'd leave school for like maybe two, three months at a time ago, like shoot a show, I'd come back and everyone hated me all of a sudden. I'd be like, what's what is this? And that was the start of me just feeling like I can't really connect with my peers. So I didn't have like a very great like middle school, high school experience. I was dipped out of there quick. Yeah. And how did you find the people? Did you have to switch schools? Mm-hmm. Was there like a... Um, a lot of the people or even like the girls who are still my friends like were from dance. So like my dance, like after school activities. They understood. Yeah. Like girls that I would dance with. They're still like my really good friends. My best friend actually... Um, she was just, she's a lawyer now. But yeah, we've been best friends since we were eight years old. And, and she was the bitch you were turning it up with at the club. Oh, yeah. <laughs> was she? <laughs> yes, that was her. Oh, yeah, she probably was. Because when she told me she was a lawyer, I was like, you're a what? Oh, Chugging yeah, that yeah, tequila yeah, like yeah. this? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, That's I'm going right. to need a lawyer after tonight. Right. No, she's great. But she, yeah, she's just like, we met in the Girl Scouts. In the so, Girl like, Scouts. Yeah. Like, we went to school together, but we connected most of the people I connected deeply with were from like extracurricular activities. Could you imagine going through that now with social media? I can't at all. I, I... think about that every day. I feel so bad for uh, little kids. Could you kids. imagine? No, I can't even. I can't even. That's like an entirely other level of, yeah, I can't. I just like, when I think about like. Yeah, my heart hurts. My heart hurts Children. because like every now and then you would Social get media is not a place for kids. Period. Honestly, it really isn't. Or for the faint of heart. No. No, that either. Do you hate social media right now? No, I don't, actually. I don't. I think I've learned how to use it. And I think I've also learned how to, with a lot of things, it's just about your perspective. Like, I used to hate Twitter. Like, actually hate Twitter. Like, 
it's such a like I would just like this is a negative place full of just mean people. All I see on my timeline is just like mean trolls all day. Ew, like what's on Twitter? And I just wouldn't go on it. And then I changed my perspective. I was like, wait, Twitter is actually really funny. Everybody goes on here just to like troll. Yeah, it's just a troll fest. So like if you look at it differently, this is actually kind of funny. And then you kind of just like, I don't know, it changes it changes your dynamic of it. Instead of looking at a place like where people are bullying each other, you just look at it as a place where like people can be sarcastic and have fun. So yeah. I think that's social media in general. It's all about your perspective on it, how you use it. It's a tool. It shouldn't be like Instagram shouldn't be like your number of likes is like how many people actually like you. Like that's not how you should be gauging your content. So it's all about how you 100. perceive it. Did you ever want to quit social media? Oh my gosh, several times. A billion times. <laughs> a million times. But why do people keep it? Like, I feel like because at this point- everybody else keeps it. <laughs> like, <laughs> we want to be, you know, a part of the mix, in the mix. You want to be in the game. Yeah. I often d think about deleting Twitter. I could delete Facebook. I can delete Facebook, but I want to keep but up I, with old booty I calls. Keep, it's not booty calls for me. It's like people I went to like middle school with, those yes. kids who I have zero contact with, who I just like, what is- Blah, 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 blah from eighth grade math doing. 100%. Like, Facebook. How many kids does Heather have now? Yes. I wonder if she's making fun of her kids like she made fun of me in high school. Yeah, it's a trip. It's That's a what trip. I like to see. I yeah. like to see what my That's life would have been like if I would have stayed yes. home. Right? Yes. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. You opened up about going through a hard time after a public breakup mm -hmm. with Ben Simmons, where are you now in that process? And looking back, mm -hmm. what the f were you doing? <laughs> at what point? You, <laughs> at what point? At the beginning, why the hell Getting did you even involved go there? In that in yes, the first why place? did you even get involved in that? Sh I don't know. Like, does anyone really know why they like get involved in something that like doesn't really make sense on paper? Like, no, I don't know why. I don't really date people in general. So like, why would I pick that? I don't know. Why would you pick that? Kyle what? Kuzma was sitting right there. <laughs> like, it's different. I don't know. Sometimes you just connect with someone, it's different. And you just had to do it. Yeah, it just felt different. Now looking back on that period when you were down and out, yeah. do you regret ever going through that and being open and honest about that? Absolutely not. No way. I mean, no, because going through that for me was what inspired me to, like, th that was a big moment in my life where I had pause in general. Yes. Because I it put a spotlight on, like, the other parts of my life or, like, the other relationships in my life yeah. that I didn't feel like were fulfilling me. It was, like, it wasn't just that relationship that ended up not... Working out. ...feeling great. Like, yes. when that wasn't there, all this other stuff, I realized, I was like, wait, this is all wrong. This yeah. is all wrong. And that was the moment where I was able to, like, leave my management, which was 
the hardest thing I ever did or like leave. Yeah, just like do what I needed to do. That was the catalyst. For sure. For sure. It's so crazy. Like when one thing topples in your life, it makes other things topple, but not in a way yeah. like it's all falling down. It could be. It could be. But sometimes. But for me, it was not. It wasn't that for you. Mm-hmm. For me, it was, it was, okay, girl, we going to get this right. <laughs> we going to figure this <laughs> out. do this right. Yeah. Yeah. Damn, I often second guess myself when I make big decisions like that. Really? Yeah. Because I don't know. You get so involved in the machine and in the relationship mm-hmm. and all these things. And you don't, for me, I never know what's causing the angst. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like I'm having anxiety about my professional life, my personal life and all these things. But right. sometimes it's hard for me to like say, okay, which one is the which pinpoint? One is the pinpoint yeah. And which one's causing the other ripples? Mm-hmm. And then when you make that big decision to like throw everything off the table, yeah. I often go, holy f- did I just do what did I just do yeah. I'm on my own well for me it felt so it felt so obvious like I had like I was already feeling that way for a while yeah about that situation while I was in that relationship yeah about everything else so that relationship was really important to me because it was probably one of the things that was like really bringing me happiness at the time yes a distraction Getting really deep right now mm-hmm. you know I don't know if it was like a distraction, but like it made me really happy and like everything else that I was going through like wasn't all the way there. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think that that was when I was like, okay, yep. Everything that I've been feeling like this is, I have no choice. Yeah. This is what I got to do. And then when I did it, it felt like, whew, like all this weight off my shoulders. Like, okay, I'm free. And then like the game changed quick in terms of like creatively, I was just coming up with all these ideas. I felt so inspired. And then since then, the energy has just been Mm. like, the momentum has been picking up and everything feels like everything's in a great place now, you know? You see, I like when artists go through that Mary J. Blige moment or that Adele (laughs) moment where you go through some (laughs) and then you get home and you're like that cat meme where you're like, What's that one song on the album that's the most personal for you dating back to those Ooh. years of like the relationship, the management, the, the they're label? All they're all personal. personal. But what's okay, the there's one? some are less, some are less. Um, or is there one where like you know that when you sing this on tour, which is almost sold out, so y'all motherfuckers better get y'all motherfucking <laughs> tickets because it's um, almost sold out. Yeah, is there one song that you know when you get on stage it's gonna be hard for you to probably sing? like. Probably like my more acoustic moments, like remember when or like know better because it'll be really like bring the energy down. I'll just kind of really tap into the emotion of the songs and like how I was feeling when I wrote them. So I feel like those are going to be really gut wrenching. Yeah. Parts of the show that really kind of tap into that, which I'm excited about. I'm excited to have the up and down. Yeah. Because I feel like a lot of times. Um, my show in the past has been like so high energy, so much um, dancing and excitement and whatever, which is which is amazing because I love doing that in a performance. But I think one of the special things about this album is the heart and the emotion that I put into it. So I definitely want to yeah. make sure that I like, double down, tap into that in the show. What's the craziest thing about performing on a stage? Like what's the craziest moment you've ever had when you think back on all those years of touring? Um. Because you told me a story once and I almost died because I, I think about it every now and then. And I think you're going to tell the same story. I forgot what story. I forgot. <laughs> I forgot. You told me a story one time about when you went to Japan 
and you realize that no one spoke a language. Oh, yeah. And then when you were on stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone they was. They sang all the words. That's that's the most incredible thing. Because it's like, you don't even know English, but you know every single lyric to these songs. They mean something to them. Like, that's so crazy. That Music is so amazing for that, you know? Just yeah. having my fans all over the world is like, it's very humbling and also inspiring because you're like, wow, we are all so connected. I can just put out a song and all these people are going to hear my message. You know, that's that's a really amazing thing. And now that you get to actually put out your real message, mm -hmm. that's some real Because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. now people get to really hear it. For sure. Um, when you were deep in all of it, who did they try to pit you against? Everyone. Every black girl. Uh, first it was... First, it was like the superstars, which was like, whoa, an honor. But like, how are you guys going to pit me against these people? Like, it would be like Tinashe, the new Aaliyah, Tinashe, the next Beyonce. I would be like, you guys are setting me up left and right. These people are icons. Like, what do like, so it started off there. And then like it got, then it was everyone. It's, I've literally could name probably six different people at one point that has been like Tinashe versus um, Janae Tinashe versus FK Twigs Tinashe versus all the R&B girls. Literally Cassie. any black girl. Cassie, all the whisper singers, mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. know, like whatever that means. <laughs> Did someone ever take it to the next level where like they don't realize that they're pitting you guys against each other? I and think they buy fans into do it, it all the time. Actually, I realized that by meeting people in person, I would I would meet someone and they'd be like, hey, oh my God, I really like your music, but I'm actually like a huge Kehlani fan. And I'd be like, but does that better? Does that mean like what? Like just the fact that like you said that is like very strange that that is like you're putting it out as if you can't be a fan of me because you're a fan of her, which is very, yeah. very, very strange. Yeah. Like it's a, just a weird, like, whoever said that you can't be fans of multiple people? I don't know what that, I don't know if it's like stan mentality. It's a stan mentality. Know, right? But I've fallen victim to the stan mentality. You have? Yes. <laughs> and then you I like people over. I will over. fight a bitch over somebody <laughs> Wait, else. Who do you stand? Like, I will know Nicki Minaj is wrong till the day I'm black and blue in the face. I will say, like, no, no, don't even go for it. I stand. I stand Nicki. I stand for Nicki. Yeah. I stand for Nicki. And I stand, I stand for Nicki because this is why I stand for Nicki. Because everybody's like, that bitch don't help nobody. That bitch don't like other women. And I'm like, how does she know how to do She's that? She's done a lot for She's other done a women, lot for though. other women. But like, nobody held Nikki's hand. Mm -mm. Like, Missy Elliott didn't grab Nikki. Lil' Kim <laughs> didn't grab Nikki and say, you gonna come with me and I'm gonna help you do X, Y, and Z. I feel like Nikki opened the door just as much as other people opened the door for her. And we're like, I'm gonna give you this. And then you walk through and let's do this mother. Nicki Minaj is a queen. I don't care. She always will be. She's made her mark very clear. She will continue to do so. <laughs> it's it is what it is. It is what it is. But I found myself not wanting to listen to her Cardi song, and then like hearing press, and I'm like, oh, okay, 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 okay. You know, like I yeah. caught myself like yeah. I I catch myself doing that yeah. because sometimes you get caught up in it. Yeah. So I get it. I guess I can't blame people, but it's silly. But what's the craziest thing you ever read about yourself on the internet? Oh, <laughs> I've read some crazy out of pocket stuff. Like, what's the craziest rumor you've ever read about yourself on the internet? I'm a stalker. I'm a stalker. <laughs> By the way, when I read that, and then I met you like a few months later, I was like, who that bitch talking? She, she had the loudest Ferrari I ever heard hey, in my please. mother.
in life. Please, <laughs> please. Like to the point where like extra security needs to be hired. Stalker, like that's funny. That's I'm like funny, that funny. hobbit barely leaves her house. Right, Which please, is like, <laughs> come on. I'm in the studio, you know where I am. Like that was probably crazy. And then I think one time, oh, that one time, Media Takeout a long ass time ago said I was like with Future, like when he was with Sierra. No. That was pretty crazy. That was a, that was out of pocket. Do you ever have to be like, Ciara, I know this is crazy. I can't believe I'm texting you, but like, I'm I not with usually don't feel the need to address most of those rumors. They seem so out of pocket to me. I don't feel that compelled to defend myself. Yeah, you're so sure of yourself, though. Yeah, I don't, I don't really feel the need to defend myself very often. If I do, I'm like, I've been tested. <laughs> I've been tested. Yeah, I keep it chill, pretty much for the most part. All right, new album, mm -hmm. it's crazy, mm -hmm. songs for you. Tell me the song, if I'm about to have a dude come over and I'm setting the mood. Oh, easy. What's the song? So much better. So much better. Mm -hmm. So much better, I love you better, yeah. I'm about to go through a breakup. Mm -hmm. I'm about to leave his ass. Mm -hmm. I'm about to have that conversation. Mm -hmm. What am I listening to before I break up with his ass? Wanna love you better, no better. Better. It's called No Better. Mm. Yeah, definitely that one. I'm going to the club. Mm -hmm. I know I'm going to see that bitch I don't like. Mm -hmm. What's my jam? Bad bitch, link up. Link up. And you bring your friends and you just walk in there like. You know? All right. Okay. This is another one. Okay. My friend get married. Oh, lovely. And I know my ex going to be there with his new woman. Oh. And I'm single, but I'm loving my life. Okay. I look the bomb. Mm -hmm. It's about to get real. I'm mm -hmm. the baddest bitch ever, and I want him to know that he missed out on this. What's my jam? Feelings. Lately, I ain't been in my feelings. And I say I've been minding my business. Definitely. <laughs> okay. What's the song from another artist that you listen to right before you're about to go to the club? Um, currently... Hmm. I always want to know what other artists listen to to I hype listen them to, up. Like whatever's hot at the moment. So like right now, honestly, I've been listening to Justin Bieber changes. Oh, a lot. <laughs> a lot. Not gonna <laughs> lie, it's not really like club hype songs though. But the one song that I know you listen to all the time because when I was at your house, you must I have had that it. mother on repeat seventeen times. Was Uno's, Dos, Tres, oh, Cuatro. That's because oh, no, no, no. it was Taco Tuesday, and, we, and, and I. <laughs> Taco Tuesday playlist, I put a lot of, you know, I felt like it was the right flavor. I also remixed it and like made an invitation that I sent to people and it was like, uno, dos, tres, making tacos. <laughs> it was great. It was great. So that's why. You're 26? 20, I just turned 27. This is so scary that like at 27, like my issues were like not where your issues are. Really? And like my life was not like, I was worrying about the dumbest things when I was 27. I mean, I'm worried about some dumb stuff. No, bitch, you worried about an album. Okay, you're yeah. about singles. You're right, you're right. You worried about like right. home and, homeowners insurance. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You worried about like studio liability. <laughs> like you're doing like some massive <laughs> Do you feel like the music industry made you grow up faster than what you were supposed to. A thousand percent. I don't know about supposed to, but I do think that at least from that side of my life or that perspective in my life, in terms of my career and how I think about 
my purpose or my business that, yes, that has been kind of fast forwarded. I mean, I've known what I wanted to do my entire cool. life. And I feel like a lot of people my age or a lot of people I went to school with still sometimes are struggling to figure out what they really want to do. I'm 33 and I'm still struggling. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like that's a relatable thing. So just from that standpoint, I feel very blessed and fortunate. And like, I do have a head start in that sense. Yeah. Was there ever a time you were like, I want to quit this? Like, no, this is not working for me. Honestly, no, no, never. Mm -mm. never. You're going to die with a mic in your hand. Oh yeah. Plan A only, no plan B. I'll just figure out how to, like how to change it or shift it or evolve it. I don't think I would ever quit. What's your sign? Aquarius. Okay. I was like, why does she not have a plan B? Because I have to have a plan B. Really? I'm like, like going out on a limb without a plan B yeah. is one of the scariest things. I don't know why. I feel like a plan B just sets yourself up for failure because you're planning for failure. You see? <laughs> I'm not thinking that way. I'm planning to not be homeless. Okay. 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 <laughs> What's the first big thing you bought when you got that jack? And don't even lie to me. Because um, I saw that bag, bitch. I saw your closet. Okay. Well, okay. My, honestly, studio. Recording studio. That's the first thing? Yeah. Have studio you, equipment. Why can't you just be like a normal teenager and be frivolous <laughs> with your goddamn money? Because that's plan A. I was like, great. Now I have enough money to make my music videos, you know? <laughs> that's like all I care about in terms of making money is like making enough money to make more art that's like, what you honestly, wanted to do that's what makes me happy and excited again at 27 that was not my jam <laughs> i was like trying to find a man and trying to find a car that yeah, was like it. that's not my vibe all right maybe when i'm 30. the last five minutes of this interview that went by so fast it went by so fast because we're having fun wow i need to talk about godney and slumber party. Yeah, we need to circle back to that. I need to circle back to mm -hmm. that. And I was like, I'm not going to be the gay who goes straight in on Britney, even though I wanted to do it. What was it like? What was that moment like when you were in that lingerie mm. and Britney was there mm. and y'all were on set together? Because there's all these conspiracies that she's X, Y, and Z. What mm. was she like? She was a superstar. Um, being in that environment, actually, on the video shoot itself, like you see her truly just come to life. That person that you, that at least I have idolized since I was six years old, you know, that's really her. Yeah. Um, amid all of the, you know, she can act whatever on social media, you know, she may come across, especially to I feel like a younger generation who didn't grow up like seeing her like when she was in her whole, whole, whole prime. 2003? VMAs, was, oh come on. Come on. Um, but like that is still truly who she is. So like when you get on that set and she just turns it on, she comes to life. I was just like in awe by her star power yeah. and just her like confidence, her connection with the camera. Like at one point, like I always tell this part of the story because I died. Um, they were filming us like in that scene where we were kind of like on each other. Mm -hmm. And she comes over and she whispers in my ear. She was like, I'm going to take off your shoe. And I was just like. Like, yes, Brittany. You like take Queen. it off with your mouth. Yes. Do it. Take it there. It was amazing. Did you ever think in a million years as an artist? No. That's where you would be. No. No, especially on her album. I'm still like still I geek out about it. It feels like it didn't really happen. <laughs> 
Yeah. It happened. It happened. We saw. That was crazy. We watched the video 47 and million times. And we had times. to perform together like six times afterwards, which was so fun. Like I got to keep seeing her. It was so cool. She's so nice. She's so sweet. Truly is very sweet. Who are you dying to get into the studio with? Andre 3000. <sighs> but like he hasn't been making music, I heard. He can, you can do it. If you can pull anybody out of the world and back into music, you can pull him. I'm going to hit him up when I'm in Atlanta. I'm going to find him. I want to collab. We can make that happen here. I really want to collab. Andre. But if you do it, if we make it happen and you do it. You we, need like I publishing? I need full. No, no. I need like a writer's credit for one word. <laughs> yeah. And then you don't have to pay me, like bitch. I will pay you, bitch. 2%. Yeah, 2% of the writing credit. 2% yeah, of the deal. writing credit. Deal. You make that happen. I'm so happy that, for you. Thank you. This album to me is like a miseducation of Lauren Hill where you can listen to it from the beginning to the end. Thank you. And you feel like you know someone mm -hmm. and you know the struggle and you know the happiness and you know the highs and you know the lows. Thank you. And every song gives me a feeling. Thank you. I try to do that with the body of work. I really value like the entire project as a project. And yeah, I feel like relationships have so many different colors and tones that I feel like it's nice to paint all the different tones. And yeah, I I feel really good about that. And the visuals, I'm, I'm telling you, like thank the visuals. you. When you in them knee pads, bitch, I need you to teach me some things <laughs> in those knee pads. I got you when the cameras cut. Um, tell people where they can find these tickets at. Yes. Um. Well, I think you can just go to tinashenow.com and it'll link you to all of them. But they're also at Ticketmaster and they're various locations. Y'all better gonna get do these... more shows, so stay on the lookout. Y'all better get these tickets today. Yeah, no, they're going to sell out, so please come. Every time I go on Instagram, there is a new poster of a sold out, sold, sold out. out, sold out, sold out. It's so exciting. Thank Feels you for so being good. here. Thank you so much for having I me. I really appreciate it. Of course. You're just like this Sade-ish person to me. Oh, like, thank you're like my you. generation Sade. I love Sade. her. She's such a queen. She's everything. You're a queen. Thank you. You're going to work this out. <laughs> I love you. Bye. Thank you for taking the sip. Cheers. Everybody, motherfucking Tanache. <laughs> Let me get White Lady Vanessa back in here so we can talk about <laughs> Tanache. She is honestly my little spirit animal. Like I almost wish I had equal parts Thought and equal parts Dalai Lama. Like she's so <laughs> enlightened and into yeah. herself and like really aware. But at the same time, she still has fun. She's still that girl. I wouldn't, if I was that successful that young, I don't know where I would be. Yeah, for I sure. I just know I would not have any feet because my heels would be too high and my neck would have snapped from the weave I would have on my head the whole time. She's everything. And she's so sweet. She walked in, she hugged everybody. You know, she's the like, nicest She's person. like so sweet and nice. And being an LA native myself, what she said about being from here, how the people that are from here are so like chill and calm and they don't have that expectation of like what Hollywood's supposed to be. I literally say those words all of the time, and I was like, yes, my people. It's really interesting that she says that, too, because one of the first times I ever met her, we hung out a few times by ourselves, and she was having a Taco Tuesday, and she was like, it's my last one. You should come. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to dinner with four friends. Like She was like, oh, bring them. And I'm like, bring them. Bring like, them to Taco Tuesday. First of all, ain't no strangers coming in my house. <laughs> and B, you're uber famous. Yeah. Everyone knows who you are. Like, yeah. Aren't you afraid of strangers coming into your house. And, you know, for her, 
she's one of those people who are like, if I trust you, I trust your judgment. Yeah. And at some point I had to weed out one of the people who was supposed to come to dinner with us because like, I don't trust his ass. Like yeah. he wasn't my friend, he was somebody else's friend. Yeah. But she's so welcoming and she's so sweet and so kind and she's so optimistic. Like as a celebrity, I wouldn't just invite a random, mm-hmm. much less an entertainment reporter. But I think that speaks a lot toward your character because like you said, you're a media reporter, but they, you have a lot of friends in the industry that genuinely trust you. And I think that just speaks to like who you are. Well, I think at this point it's like, listen. They like, know you're not going to rat them out. This is what happens. You're at a private party at someone's private party mm-hmm. and they invite you as a guest into their homes. The last thing I'm going to do is leave that home and talk about it. No, yeah, you can't. Absolutely not. If you invite me to a screening of a movie or a screening of your new play, we're going to talk about it. Right. Something that happens in the public. But if it's like 35 girlfriends at your Brentwood home and we're not wearing makeup and we're all hanging out and we're kicking in and somebody passes a joint around, that's the last thing I'm going to say on TV. But I feel like people know that. Yeah, for sure. But should we keep it 100 real yeah, quick? Yeah, let's do questions? it. You want, me, you want to do some questions? Let's do a few questions. Right. Let me see here. All right. Linda G wants to know, I have all my family on my social media accounts, so they're always throwing everything I do or post in my face. Should I block them or suck it up? I don't, so I won't hurt their feelings. Um, the minute somebody gets critical about your social media account, they lose their privilege to watch your social media account. Your family. My family. Yeah. Like if you have an issue with me being hugged up with the dude or being too salacious, like I sometimes look and say, oh, maybe I'm being too salacious. Let me right. just like, like wane it back a little bit. But there's this thing on your social media and it's called the block list. Right. <laughs> and let me tell you, when I want to put up a thirsty photo, if I'm on vacation and I want to like let the boys know that I'm here and I want to pull my bathing suit down a little bit lower, <laughs> I have a block list that's already intact. Right. And I you block all my executives. Just from that photo. Just from that photo right. here at E. Right, right. So you can use that. That's kind of the tool I use. And right, I don't okay. use it very often. Yeah. But when I want to stretch my muscle and let a bitch know that I'm fattened this week in Greece, yeah. that's when I use it. Yeah. That's smart. I like that. Um, okay. Donna wants to know, me and my boo want to spice things up in our relationship. Any advice for us on how to be less boring in our relationship and get out of our rut? First of all, Donna, I'm going to tell you what not to do, and that's get a third. Yeah, no, don't do that. Mm -mm. That's what you're not going to do, Donna. No, no menage. I think trying new things Mm -hmm. is always important. And I think a lot of times what happens in relationships is people get afraid to ask for what they really want or the things that they actually want to try. And I always say if it doesn't involve blood, poop, or other hazardous (laughs) things, I will try it at least once. Right. Um, And draw the line. Draw the line. Blood and poop. 100%. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and what I did one time with a partner was I made it, we made a list of things that we would want to try mm-hmm. out in the bedroom and we put it in a hat. And once a week we would like pull out of a hat and try something that I wanted to try or that he wanted to try. And it was always something fun. fun. Yeah, I like that. And sometimes I really didn't like yeah. it. And yeah. I could say like, yo, that wasn't pleasurable for me. I yeah. always say try it twice. Right. Um, before you knock it. But some of the things that we tried, I now bring it to my new relationship. Yeah. I learned something freaky new about myself. Yeah. Um, she can play the stranger. They you can, can play the yes, stranger. Yes, you can always play the stranger. <laughs> Another fun thing to do with your partner is go to a sex store 
and talk to the people who work there. By the way, mm -hmm. they have heard some nasty Yeah, ass. nothing is going to shock them. Yes! <laughs> nothing you say is going to shock them. Look, my, my audio guy is like shaking his head right now. Yeah. I'm going to talk to Raph about that when I see her later on. <laughs> nothing is going to shock them. They will walk you through the store like you're Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory and let you lick, try, taste all this <laughs> and you can take some things home, but that's yeah. a fun way to do it. And together. And it's a decide. good adventure because yeah. then you can ask the questions that you don't know. Like, will it hurt? How do we make it less painful? Yeah. How is it enjoyable for both of us? Oh, add this thing in. That is what you should do. Yes, I like that. Have you ever been to a sex store with your man? I think we probably have gone to one before we got married. But once we had a kid, you know, that goes out the door. Let me ask you a question. There's but no that's sex stores involved once you have a baby. Yeah, that's when the sex stores come back and say, I'm like, you know, you're not going to leave my ass with this kid. We're going to do this freaky ass <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Was there ever, and you don't have to tell me what the thing was. Okay. But was there, was there ever something that like somebody brought up to your attention, like, oh, I want to try that. And you were like, ugh. And then all of a sudden you kind of liked it. No. No, you liked everything. That I've tried. That you tried. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, dad. <laughs> Okay, Cassie wants to know, how do I manage with an emotionally unavailable boyfriend? Ooh. By the way, if you ever give us a, a question about relationships, let us know how long you've been in it. Yeah, that's true. And if it's like monogamous or like, I like to know these things because yeah. it changes things. Yeah, for sure. But I think if somebody's emotionally unavailable and then you need that emotional connection, sometimes let it remind them that you need that and having a conversation with them and saying, hey, I feel like you're closed off or you're not that emotional and I need to just know. Doing it, starting it, planting that seed, at some point that flower is gonna grow. And if you're in a relationship with somebody and a year after you've been telling him consistently that you need more from him and he doesn't give it, that's when you have to make the decision if you're going to stay in that relationship or not. Mm -hmm. um, but I think knowing that he's emotionally unavailable and knowing that he has issues with his emotions yeah. is the first step to figuring out if you can even get that out of if him. If you can be okay with it, right. Because some people yeah. just aren't emotional. Right. And you, at some point, you either decide to accept it or you have to move on. Yeah. yeah. Meg wants to know, my first anniversary is coming up with my first serious boyfriend. I want to plan something special, but I'm nervous of being too extra. Any suggestions? Mm. I always say plan something like how you walk out the house. I always take one or two things off to not be too extra. Mm -hmm. So I always get dressed and then take two things back. I think you do the same thing with planning an anniversary. Plan out the dream thing that you would want and then and then scale, scale, it, scale back. it back. Okay. And say, okay, well, and and you can always feel it out. Like, if there's something extra that you want to do, you can always say, give it to him as a gift. Mm -hmm. Like, let's do this within the next six months. Mm -hmm. Like, let's add this in as a gift. So, I don't know. I also think that you don't should be planning anything. Let the man plan it. That's what I was going to say. She has to be careful, too, because he could be planning something, and then if they're planning something the same night, that could be a little bit of a problem. 100%. Um, so, she should plan on something more of a gift or an experience within the night, as mm. and he should be maybe planning the night. Yeah. All right. One more question. I think it's sophomore. I'm going to go with that name. Um, I've been dating this guy for a couple months now, but okay. recently I've had the feeling that he might be gay. Uh-huh. Do I just break up with him and not mention it, or do I ask? Look, first of all, there's nothing stronger than a woman's intuition. Mm-hmm. Nothing. So you have an intuition that that person may or may not be gay. They might be. If I were you, I would 
just back away, break up with him, and go about my business. Sometimes you have to let people get to that point in they their life. They have to find it themselves. Where they have to yeah. find it and themselves. be comfortable, yeah. Because if you do do that, they may go further back into the closet. Right. So if you think he might be gay, I would say, and you're not fluid or into that, or you know that you're not on the spectrum as well, and you're willing to accept that, I would maybe just back off, break up with them, and don't say a damn thing. Yeah, yeah. Because she needs to let him kind of yeah. explore that on his own. You got to let him explore that. And if you want a <clears throat> nice gay friend and you know he's going to do it at some point, just keep him in your life. Yeah. And if he is gay, he won't be mad. Because yeah. secretly he probably knows. Yeah. And he'll, yeah. And he might even be eventually grateful that you kind of let him go mm -hmm. to find that. And the other thing is you don't want to be a beard. Yeah. But it doesn't sound like she's staying. It sounds like she yeah. knows. And it she's... sounds like she really has the gut feeling that she's probably right. And yeah. that he just hasn't accepted that or feels like he can accept that yet. For sure. And and what you can't do either is you can't tell your girlfriend that you think he's gay. You just got to accept mm -hmm. it, swallow it, and leave it alone. Yeah. By the way, tell people where they can send questions to. Yes. If you guys want any more questions, you can email us at podcastjustthesip at gmail.com. And tell people where they can listen to this podcast since you sound where they can so listen eloquent to today. <laughs> Actually, on any platform that they listen, Apple, iHeartRadio, Spotify, And what should Google. they do when they do listen to it? They should click on Just a Sip. They should subscribe, rate, review. <laughs> Come on. You might as well just host this show at this point. And to watch this podcast, you guys can head over to the E! News YouTube channel and click on Just a Sip. Follow me at the Lady Sitter and follow Vanessa at White Lady Vanessa <laughs> underscore oh nine. Um, and we're gonna be back next week with more just a sip. Bye. <laughs>